No Simple Road is stoked to have Sunset Lake CBD back with us as our sponsor. Sunset Lake is the real deal. If you've looked around trying to find CBD and it just didn't do what it was supposed to do, this is the place you need to go. They've got every kind of product you can imagine, including CBD tinctures with sleep gummies that are great for getting to bed, CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews that can help bring you a little bit of calm in a stressful day. They've got salve. They've got smokable hemp flower that's great for folks like me that don't want to get stoned and paranoid, but want to have the benefits of cannabis. Well, now you got it. And they even carry CBD products for your pets, man. I'm saying this is Darwin approved stuff. Go over to sunsetlakecbd.com and check out the full range of what they have. This is Vermont grown right to your door and they're giving you 20% off. So put in the promo code NSR20 when you're checking out. You're going to get 20% off your whole order. And I know you're going to love it. They even have subscription options open for you. So you don't forget to get your medicine. Go check out Sunset Lake CBD, everybody. We're so excited to tell you a bit about today's sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They are a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Music Masters Collective events give you the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Otil Burbridge, Steve Earle, Richard Thompson, former members of the band, the Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspy, the Fab Foe, and Sean Colvin, and so many more. At an event like the Milk Carton Kids Sad Song Summer Camp happening this July, you can expect immersive classes, evenings of entertainment, excellent food, and a space for a lucky group of folks to learn, co-write, workshop, and perform with like-minded peers, all with the guidance of Kenneth Pattengale, Joey Ryan, and some of their favorite songwriters. This all-inclusive week in the Catskill Mountains of upstate New York is guaranteed to be magical. Scholarships are available, and spots are extremely limited, so visit www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple to learn more. That's www.sadsongssummercamp.com forward slash simple. Check it out. Hey everyone, Chris Pandolfi from the infamous String Dusters here to let you know that my podcast Inside the Musician's Brain is back on the airwaves for season four, which means it's time once again to get deep with influential musicians from all across the musical landscape to really understand and translate the lessons of success, failure, inspiration, and hard work that are behind the music and the artists that we love. My guests this season include Rachel Price from Lake Street Dives, Sam Bush, Chris Wood, Chris Funk from The Decemberists, Lindsay Liu, MC Taylor from His Golden Messenger, and more. Check us out, and thanks for listening. simple rope family welcome back so this is Aaron and I am not coming to you from the porch this week unfortunately it's nighttime when we did this interview well not unfortunately but it's nighttime when we did this interview and it's like 34 degrees outside with a 20 mile an hour wind and I went out there and I set everything up 
and I sat down and I had like fingerless gloves on and by the time I got all the recording stuff all ready to go my fingers were so cold they were burning now I like being cold but I don't like being that cold so I was like you know what let's go find a nice spot in the house that pull this off so we're down in Apple's room this week in the den of iniquity and we had a blast this week man so for me you'll hear in the interview that's coming up like never been a huge hip-hop hip-hop fan back in the day like it just wasn't my thing I never quite caught on to it it never resonated with me but within this past year there's been some hip-hop that's come into my life that has changed the way I see music and has spoken to me in a way that I didn't think possible with that kind of music man and it's found a place in my heart and a place in my life and one of the bands i'm going to call them a band because that's what they are that did that for me was this grand tapestry um it's amazing uh it's three dudes right now and from what we've learned tonight they're growing but it's three dudes right now and one of them plays the sarod Another plays the tablas, and another guy is the MC. And we got a chance to talk to the MC tonight, Eli. And this is just a super chill guy, man. Really, really cool cat. The the second we got on the call together, I was like, oh yeah, this interview is gonna be good, dude, because it was just this nice, calm vibe, and it was just sweet, and we had a really, really good time. I think you guys are gonna enjoy it. I think it's gonna be something you're gonna dig. So let's do the the stuff that we have to do to keep the show going stuff, and then I'll get to the interview. I promise, I swear, we're going to get there. So just hang in there and listen to me babble a little longer, and then, boom, Grand Tapestry, just like that. All right, so check it out. It's Christmas time, and we all know what that means. It's that time of the year when we buy stuff for the people in our lives, and... We get Christmas presents and we give Christmas presents and it's rad and it's fun and we decorated our house and we have this giant like nine foot Christmas tree in our house right now and nobody in this house is even Christian but we love Christmas trees and Christmas and like Ryder is dressed like an elf and he's wearing an elf hat and so is fucking Alex is wearing one and they're rad and Apple looks like fucking Santa Claus and you know what I just thought we need to take a picture of those three motherfuckers together so that you could see that we actually are the North Pole no simple road is now the North Pole because we have Santa and two elves so boom take that and Santa and these two elves are gonna deliver all the stuff that you buy online so this is the deal if you go to nosimpleroad.com and you scroll down to the bottom of the page at the bottom of the page is an Amazon link and if you click on that link and you go do your Christmas shopping or your Hanukkah shopping or your Kwanzaa shopping or your Festivus shopping or you're just shopping shopping and you're buying like you know plastic cups or coasters or mason jars or a Santa hat or a picture frame or a singing bowl or a wooden goblet like any of those things because those are things that you're going to buy anyway, right? If you do that, Amazon will give us like a small percentage of whatever you spend. And it's a cool way for you to support the show without spending money that you weren't going to spend anyway. And it helps us out and it keeps us doing our thing and it keeps you getting new shows. And it's kind of cool to do that. Then 
We have the Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash no simple road. So let's see, we've been at it since July of this past year, this year, sorry, not this past year, but this year. And you guys have listened to the show since then, you know, and if we've done something for you, if you think you're getting something from the show, it's someplace that you go to when you see the little notification pop up on your phone and you're like, oh, cool. No Simple Road has a new episode. And then you go and listen. It would be cool, man, if you guys reached out to us back and gave like a buck a month just to help us pay for our hosting or to pay for Skype credit or whatever so that we can continue doing what we're doing and kind of offset the overhead for us because you know this is all coming out of our pocket and if you guys are getting something out of it then we can have that like cool energy exchange between the two of us and this becomes service and the scent of the rose lasts longer on the hand of the person that gives it away so boom there you go patreon.com forward slash no simple road that's where you can pledge and there's different tiers and you get different stuff and it's bitching and it's cool and you should go there you should go there actually you should stop whatever you're doing well if you're driving don't stop because if you just stop you could get in an accident but you should stop whatever you're doing and pick up the phone or your laptop and go you know what i've heard aaron talk about patreon.com like 17 18 this will be 19 times now he said it and you know every time i go you know i'm gonna do that tomorrow but you don't because the only way i know that that's what's going on in your head is because that's what i've done with like 20 other shows while i'm listening to them do their patreon rap i'm like yeah i'm gonna fucking hook those guys up and then i'm like as soon as i'm done doing this and then i start you know singing the lyrics to ripple or i want to go make toast or i get some tea and i forgot what the fuck i was doing and patreon.com has gone out of my head and whatever so pick up whatever you're doing right now and go over there and just look at the page. And if you want to give a buck a month, that would be really, really rad. You know, I think we got like at least a few hundred listeners at this point <laughs> or more thousand. I don't know if you all gave a dollar a month, we could fucking do some rad shit. So, all right, that's enough of that. So Amazon link, I talked about that and patreon.com. I talked about that. And what else is there? Apple, uh, Facebook, go to Facebook and check us out. Um, Instagram at No Simple Road, go ahead, follow us over there. But the most important one, like the if this was like a Christmas tree, this would be like the star on top of the Christmas tree, as far as like if you like the show kind of thing, what you can do to help us out. This is the thing go to iTunes, or I'm sorry, it shouldn't be iTunes, it's Apple Podcasts now. And or Google Play if you're on a on an Android or Stitcher if you're listening on Stitcher. Leave us some stars and a review, man. That's what it's all about. That's what gets us up in the rankings. That helps other people find out about the show. It does cool stuff for us and it doesn't cost you nothing. So I will say it again. If you're digging the show, go on to whatever platform you're listening to us on. And leave us a review. Leave us some stars. That would be really rad. We would appreciate it. Chapladay family would love it. It would make us all feel like we got a Christmas present from our listeners. And you guys are amazing. So anyway, I think that's it. I'll probably remember more after I'm done recording this. And then I'll have to go back and like edit more shit in. 
but as it stands right now i think that's probably all of it right yeah that's that's all of it so is that all of it that's all of that's it. all of it okay so, so for, what i was just say i just one last another shout out to justin for helping us being such a rad producer and making this podcast happen happen tonight you rocked it justin yeah man and this wouldn't be happening without you man so boom you just got shouted out on your own show take that all right so back to back to other things this is a really really awesome interview you guys are gonna dig it and i'm gonna stop babbling and trying to think of more shit to say to make the intro longer and i'm just gonna let you listen to it now i promise this is the point where if you're fast forwarding you can catch to right here and you're like oh Aaron's done saying all that shit about Patreon and all that oh stuff God, this talking? is the point I'm still talking you're still talking okay wait no I'm not alright so without further ado I give you Eli from Grand Tapestry yeah. and then you guys right when I get started you guys all have to go poop Yep. Yeah. Fucking ridiculous. I'm calling Eli. <laughs> You'll see. Hello? Eli. Hey man, I'm sorry I just missed your call. I just uh... Oh you you didn't. I started I started recording and I realized that none of us had headphones on. So we were super oh, prepared. Boy. <laughs> okay. I'm like, I'm oh, actually, I'm the only one that's gonna be able to hear the call. Right on, let's let's do this. I'm about to do this interview in my car with the car off. I'm I literally have been out on the town and got caught out here, so I'm gonna get in my car. Very cool. Do your thing, man. It's all good. He got caught up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got caught up. You know what I did? I was driving home, and I was driving by this place in L.A. called The Psychic Guy. I, they had that in Psychic Vegas, guy. too, man. Yeah, I know all about that spot. It's been here forever. Ever. Like it's the in the valley, place. right? Like on Ventura? Yeah, it's in the, it's the, yeah, exactly. It's on Ventura. It's been here for forever and ever since I've been, I've been around. So I was driving by, and I just felt myself pull over and park and I just went in there I was like who's available and I went and talked to this lady and it was pretty pretty interesting well okay wait wait before okay we're gonna get into it but I want to introduce everybody that's here all right so I'm I'm Aaron um and then sitting next to me is my wife Melanie hey Eli hi Melanie nice to meet you guys and then my co-pilot Apple is also here. Hey, I dig what you do. Apple, cool name, dude. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so let's hear about this this reading that just happened, man. I'm I'm curious if about this. If you're to willing share. to share, yeah. Sure. Well, I didn't know why I was going in there. I just kind of wandered in. I was like, man, my you know my wife's at work, and I'm just I just rehearsed a little bit. I rehearse more than any human I know. I'm just nuts with rehearsing. Um. So I wandered in there and I just picked this woman off of her face, basically. And I've been coming here since I was like 18. So I've had a lot of, like, there's some really talented people that work here. It's not just like, oh, you're going to find money. And it's just like, you know, that BS that a lot of people can sell you. So 
she was interesting. She's like from the Ukraine, so she had an accent, and she was older. She could be like a mom or aunt, and she was mostly reading off of cards. I've had different experiences, people that don't even use cards, people that use cards. So I just had fun with her. I was just picking cards and, like, talking about career mostly. I was, like, kind of asking because, you know, I've been doing this so long. Like, I've been doing it since I was 17, and and I've as I've continue to do it over the years my vision for what i want has changed and i'm just like man i've always had this vision this these grand dreams of what i want to do and it's it's changed into uh from like monetary and crowd size and reaching people to healing people like it's that's become a part of my i want to change the way people feel and how and how they you know view life and their life and you know their emotional state and all that stuff so my uh, my vision for for success is a, changed a little bit. I mean, money's always there. You always want money because money just allows you to be comfortable and not worry. So I wanted to know, like, dude, why is this shit taking so long, man? <laughs> What's <laughs> like, the hold am up? I doing the right? Am, am I doing something wrong? Like what? And basically, I mean, dude, it's like clockwork. The I it's every time. It's like, no, you are doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. You're stay on the path, this and that. And angels, you are, you know, I always get this card. It's like, dude, you're blessed. You are like, you're a lucky boy is what she called me. You're a lucky boy. You have the, they're watching out for you. They're pushing you from behind. They're just waiting for you to, uh, dude, it, it always comes up. Stop giving myself such a hard time. Eli, being, it's a trip hearing you talk, dude, because like. You're giving us you're, a reading. Well, you, well, at the same time, like everything that she said to you is everything that my family that's sitting here with me right now has said to me in the past week or more. Like, yeah. it, I, I always get caught up in that thing. Like, what what's taking so long? Why do I got to wait? You know, like I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. Like, I thought this was supposed to work differently than this. And then I just get that you're doing exactly what you're supposed to do. Stay on the path. Like, that's a trip. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been it at it. You've been it at it for a change. long time, right? Like since I've been, I've been at it for a long time since I was, I mean, literally I dropped out of high school because I didn't want to do anything but this. I didn't want to do anything but write and record and make beats and produce. And that's what I want to do. And so it led me out of class and then it led me to get kicked out of my mom kicked me out when I turned 17. Cause she's like, all right, you're not getting a job. You're not in school. I can't do this with you anymore, which she should have done. She kicked me out and I ended up in the Bay area through, I was couch surfing in LA, right? you know, with my buddies that were a little older than me and, and, um, ended up getting in my cousin's car who had driven down from LA to visit. And she was like one of my favorite cousins and we were really close. And I'm like, I want to come to the Bay. I love it up there with you guys. I want to be with you guys and I want to get a job up there and I want to be there. So she said, get in the car. And I basically packed all my stuff, quote unquote, in boxes. And I drove up there with her. And that's kind of where the journey really took off. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, I did the long story short, I, I looked for jobs for a while. Didn't happen. Uh, and then my uncle kicked me out of their house. 
Mostly because uh, my cousin's boyfriend was selling weed and he thought it was me. And so he kicked me out of the house. I was like, really? It wasn't even me. Um, Busted so for nothing. That led me, led me, yeah, it led me to another friend's couch. And then it led me eventually into uh, Grouch's basement, in mom's basement where he lived. And, right. Uh, the rest is kind of history. So but yeah, man. It's what's the what's the journey. what's the thing that that like if you think about it that like makes you want to write that drives you to do that that pull that stuff out like that, man? Because I mean, you know, I, I write too, but I don't I don't write like you do. And I, I what's the what's I the drive? Saying, what's the you know you say from like when you were a kid that you you were into it? What was it? And, and I, I'm sorry, this is Apple. I was going to interject first. Of all, th- th- thank you very much for what you do, man. Yeah, you brother. That straight up. on your music and your lyrics and stuff. Just I wanted to say thank you. And then in Aaron's question. Yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you for saying that. Um, I mean, the drive is to me. It's a it's a divine thing. It's just whatever you want to call it. It's like the motor that won't stop. It's like, I, it's, it's the drive to create. It's like, I just, you know, producing, making music before the writing even happens. That's probably if you left me one thing, I can only do one thing and everything else would go away. I would producing would be it. Like, that's where I really like, because that's mindless. That's no thought. That's just, it's all sound, you know what I mean? And right. That's Feel where it. I'm, you know, that's really, I love it the most. But then comes, then comes the writing and the style part of the writing. Like, there's a lot of writing that other people do that I admire, but it's not really stylistically based. It's just kind of more, it's more clever writing. It's more like, ooh, do you see what he just did with those words? It's like wordplay. And right. I've always been more abstract and kind of like what did that mean <laughs> like only i would know what certain things mean and over the years i've gotten i think a little more clear but i'm still very abstract and it's more it's literally just pulling it from somewhere you, you know and it's, you, you know it's um you know it's a trip for me is like you say that you're abstract right and so yeah. for me like my background I came from like the punk rock scene and and the heavy metal scene and then into like the psychedelic music of the the 90s and and late 80s and jam band scene now so like hip hop was never on my radar as as a kid right. and as I as I found myself opening up spiritually even less so I found that that like I I like the beats and I like the rhythm of it but the lyrics like hurt just because of the content, do you, you, you follow, like just, it, it just yeah, didn't, no. did, it didn't feel good, man. And, and so I never got into it. And then just recently I was listening to another podcast, this, um, tinfoil hat podcast, and they had two mechs on there and, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah man. And, you know, I, I listened to some of that and I was like, Oh my God, this is what I've been waiting for. Like, this is the, the kind of hip hop, the kind of rapping that, that I've wanted to hear and never knew about. And then like a week later I got turned on to you guys and I was like, Oh shit. This is like, this is coming from the source right here. This is like, and I always found myself, I couldn't follow an MC. I would get, I would start to hear the flow and then get lost in it and just like lose, lose the thread. But with you, man, I'm able to follow your, your flow and get where you're coming from. And I can feel it coming through the speaker, man. Like, 
there's a you're tapped into that divine source, dude. And it it's a beautiful thing to to witness and, and to get to hear. I dig it a lot. And I appreciate that. That's crazy that you just recently discovered all of this because I, you know, being falling in love with hip hop from literally second grade must have been I was a little kid and I I went to school in South Central, like a magnet school, 32nd Street, USC, magnet school, right by USC, which is in the dead center of, of uh, South Central LA. And so my school was predominantly black and, Mex- and Mexican, and the white kids were the minority. So I jumped into that world in the first grade. I went there from first to ninth grade. So that literally shaped, shaped who I am, that school. Right. And I was exposed to hip hop, like, first grade and I was like what is this I was just in love with it from from the jump but what I gravitated towards over the years I went from you know I grew up on NWA and Easy E and all and Ice T and all this like quote unquote yes. hardcore shit back in the day and I and I loved it but then what then Tribe Called Quest comes and then mm-hmm. and then um, you know uh yeah. just teachers and all this political slash just melodic just and it just everything fed me and i was like but you know i ended up i love it all so it depends on where you where where your roots are so i definitely understand but it's funny because the music that i think that i make now and what you believe to makes makes you feel like like it's been being made since the beginning like there's been groups so many groups making like spiritually uplifting hip-hop music so it's been there forever and it just uh i just have to say i have to interject too because we i grew up listening to all that that you're talking about so i've been about hip-hop for as far as i'm concerned like my whole life and listening to finding you out and then knowing you're into that it's like i now you're even though you're brand new, it sounds familiar because I can hear a little bit of the influences and it is dope what you are doing. Like the tablas and that. The Saran. Saran. Oh my God. Like with your beats or your flow, like it's nonsense how great it is. I am like, (laughs) uh, it is. And you know, then all of a sudden he's like, Hey man, we're going to interview this dude. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> you are really uh, back to that healing thing that you said that you wanted to do. You did that for me by listening to your music. So, I, I guess the the future is caught up to the present because it's happening as we speak. And that's what Melanie does. She's a healer. Yeah, I that, that's that's my work. That, and so you you know you perked my ears when you said you wanted to heal because that's very dear to my heart too. So you add the music element and clearly it sounds like you've had a lot of yogic inspiration so that's also my background so i just i'm jiving with what you're putting out man and i really like i'm grateful thank you you know it's 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 funny you like like um you know like mel said with the with the healing thing when i found out about you guys it came at a really poignant time for me so like we started this show and it started getting traction, you know, and it wasn't yeah. the the intent behind the show was never to, it wasn't monetary or anything like that. It was just me hanging out with my family here and 
we would have cool conversations and then we started recording them, putting them on the internet basically is how it started. Yeah. And then it became a thing. Like people were starting to write in and say, Hey man, what you guys said last week really touched me and it's helping me and and those kind of things. And I've always been a creator. I'm an artist and I play music too and stuff. And, but I never felt like anything I was doing was mattered. You know what I mean? Other than to be able to get out the, the knot that was inside of myself. It was how I untied myself, you know? And, and, uh, when I, when I heard Grand Tapestry for the first time, it came at this time when, when the show was like getting this traction and I got really afraid, really scared of what I was doing. I was like, Oh my God, I'm doing something and I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm I'm kind of freaking out and it, you know, it's, it's getting bigger and what do I do? And, and then I heard you and it was like, just, just relax, man. You're doing, you know, just, you're doing exactly what you're supposed to do. Like I said, at the beginning of our talk, like it was just super poignant what you were saying. And, And so I think when you're creating stuff, a lot of times you don't get to hear that feedback from people that you've, that you've touched, you know what I'm saying? And yeah, so that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. So you, you did, you did goal. something for me. Yeah. You did something for me, man. It, great. It, yeah. And uh, you and I have a very, um, similar past actually. Um, I, you know, I did some, a little research. Actually, everybody around me did research about you. I'm not that yeah, type. Man, Cause you sound super cool. Like we'd love to meet you, man. <laughs> yeah. Like and, just reading about you, your music and like, hearing your voice right now, like when you answered, like you definitely have like a royalty feel to you. And your two brothers, Uh, obviously, and what you do. Yeah. But you, you and I come from the same kind of past, man. I was a, I was a heroin addict for 10 years and, uh, and got out of it with the help of, of my wife and life and the universe and everything else. And, And so that was another, like, common thread between you and I that I was like, okay, this dude knows what's up and I'm going to listen to this. And, and, uh, I, I was just curious, man, like what was the, what was the breaking point for you? I know what mine was and I've talked about it on the show, so I won't get into it, but like, what was the breaking point for you when, you know, in those days, what, what got you to decide that it was time to, to clean up? Well, I, I was, the cycle for me was I'd wake up, I'd be sick. I try and force myself to eat. I would look for my my dope dealer, see where he was at, go meet him and follow him, be with him till he got some shit. That's because he was as much of an addict as I was, and I just it was a sick relationship. Like he liked me around because he was a fan of my music, and I wanted to be around him just because I wanted to get the drugs. So, like I didn't care about making music. I didn't. I was scared to tour because I was scared to get sick. I was scared to do. Anything. I didn't. I wasn't it was like just the lowest place I could be. The the not caring about whether I'm making music or not is really was the breaking point. And I was tired of being tired. I was just done. I was like, I knew I had a friend that had got, went to rehab and had uh, somebody paid for it. And I'm like, if I, I, I was calling rehab and saying, how much to go to rehab, uh, to your rehab or whatever? Oh, it's $30,000 for 30 days. I'm like, who, how, how does somebody afford that? That's not like Brad Pitt or right. like, you know, like I'm like, dude, okay, thanks. And, um, so anyway, when I reached that point, I made the call to my friend and this, uh, this foundation music cares saved my life. I mean, they're, 
they're the people that paid for my rehab and and um I ended up going to sober living after that and the guy that owns the rehab ended up being my spo- NA sponsor I, I'm an NA guy I've been going to NA for all these years right on and you know and the rest is history I'm 12 years clean and and I still go to meetings and um that's bad you know, it's a, it's, it's, I got a huge family of support and and it just started a chain reaction of growth since then you know, from I could pick out spots in my life that are major points of uh, pain, honestly, and change because I just believe, uh, unfortunately, big big changes come with uh, kind of excruciating pain sometimes. Like what kind so, of area? Like, yeah. Can you get like name just one of them off the top and tell how it changed for you? Oh yeah. Uh, Okay, there's the point where I, I had six years clean and I decided to quit smoking cigarettes. <laughs> that <laughs> was, and I had about 20 days without a cigarette. How and, old were you at this point? Um, let's see, I now have six, six years without a smoking. Oh, So geez. I was 33, the magic number, 33. Oh, yeah, 33, baby. <laughs> and, 33 was the time. And I remember I had quit smoking. It was, I had 20 days, something like that. I got really, really sick. Like I, I did a show and I had like fever and, and like body aches. And I did a show anyway. And I was, wait, wait, my Eli, boy can you back up yeah. right there? Don't gloss over that. <laughs> How are you going to be yeah. all kinds of sick doing yeah. a show with those freaking that flow yeah you're like your lyrics are insane so like you have to it's muscle memory a little bit of control of yourself how do you do that that was that was adrenaline that was that day was adrenaline got me through because as soon as i was done i got in the car and i collapsed and i'm like my buddy was with me i said dude you gotta drive my car we were in san diego and we were driving back to la i'm like i can't i was curled up in the ball like really sick and so sick that, you know, I don't mess with Western meds. I, I have a homeopathic doctor. Like I only go to the dot to the doctor doctor. If it's like emergency status. And at that point I woke up and I was so sick and I had like a tour coming up. I think, no, I had a wedding. Oh. The first and, and, no, it was the first and only wedding where two people that were fans of mine paid me a good amount of money to perform at their wedding. Okay. Oh, no. I've never done that before. Wow. I've never done that before and I hadn't done it since, but it was it was coming up in a week and I'm like, dude, I'm deathly ill right now. I gotta go to the doctor, I gotta get antibiotics. I was like, Fuck it, like I'm going to get antibiotics. I went to the doctor. My doctor, you know, I don't blame him, but in an effort to save money, he saved me money because I don't have insurance. He gives me some antibiotic he has around the office. Like, you know how like doctors yeah, have like samples. samples, yeah. Right. So he gives me the shit that I've never heard of. I'm like, what is this? He's like, man, this will knock it out in two days. You'll be good. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I take this stuff. I don't want to relive this because I'll feel it in my body again. But I take this stuff. I have a severe reaction to it. It sends me down this tunnel. Like I was in a tunnel, tunnel vision, collapse on my friend's floor. Like, you know, I was like having a complete I had a complete breakdown, like anxiety explosion happened to me from this stuff. Like it fried my nervous system, but it all happened for a reason. Like it opened the door for 
anxiety to explode into my life. I had no, I didn't know what was wrong with me. I was, you know, I was like, I was down in the corner again in a ball, just, you know, like a mess. Right. I, I did, you know, this is weeks after this happened with the medication. I, I couldn't shake the anxiety. I, I couldn't drive without having panic attacks. I was, I was like, it was just like, I was wide open. And that was uh, the beginning of uh, meeting someone who really led, became one of my teachers, guides, whatever you want to call it. She has become a major healer in my life. And she taught me how to, she's been my intuitive development teacher. And she taught me how to meditate. She taught me so much. She taught me so much. She, she, and I, and over the years of working with her, I realized that, uh, this quote unquote anxiety or the, the feelings is all it really was is emotion that I was not equipped to deal with because I had been blocking them yeah. my whole life. And now I was feeling everything. And it's just like, and also learning how to protect myself from other people's energy and, you know, clearing my space every day. Like, you know, it, it's a lot of stuff. I can't even, we'll take up three hours talking about this. Yeah, no, so, I've tracking with everything you just said, dude. Like I, I got you. Yeah. So Eli, so what's that was one a, thing that became yeah. like most important through all of that? You know, like you, um, you said a lot of things there, clearing your space and stuff like that. Like what, what kind of things have you done to do that and to kind of keep that momentum going? The daily meditation, the 20, only 20 minutes of meditation that, that honestly I haven't been doing for the last few weeks. So I'm glad we're talking about it. Cause I need <laughs> to get back in. It's like literally wake up and go sit in my studio with something over my head and just run through this checklist of exercises that used to be her voice, but now it's my voice. And I just kind of, yeah, it's very important to, because I'm so extra sensitive, like always been that way. And so I absorb other people's shit. And if I'm overwhelmed emotionally or feeling anxiety of any kind, it's usually because it's somebody else's shit in my space mm. and I wow. need to clear my space. Yeah. So that's become very, very important for me at least. Uh, but I've also learned how to just learning how to protect myself, honestly, and learning how to understand, learning to understand what is this quote unquote anxiety and why does it happening and where is it coming from? And sometimes it has no rhyme or reason and you just got to roll through it. Sometimes it's the freaking moon. Sometimes it's mercury, which is happening right now. Right. Sometimes, you know, well, Mercury's it, it not comes bothering from, us right now. <laughs> yeah, we're, it's, it's happening right now. <laughs> Mercury hasn't been bothering me either. I just heard people talking about it, and and I was like, ah, oh, shit. I, I hate when people bring that to my Yeah, head. right? Mercury Mercury's in retrograde. Like, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah thanks yeah. for telling me that. Why don't, you, why don't you take a shit on my dinner table, too? Right on. Yeah, thanks a lot. exactly. That's <laughs> unnecessary, unnecessary information. So, you know, man, it's a trip. Like, I I don't know if it's something that's calm or, uh, yeah, common through all of us that had like, you know, an addictive personality in the past or, you know, addiction problems or whatever, but like heroin for me was the salve for emotion. You know, I didn't want to, I I didn't want to feel, and it would shut me down. And it was like a conscious thing for me to shut down. And then when I, when I started getting clean and, and coming back to life, everything was so personified. Everything was so big, like toilet paper commercial would make me cry, you know? Uh. And, right. and 
that's funny that you mentioned like taking on other people's shit and like being able to feel everything around you. I think it's something you and I have in common is, is that, and I just wonder like if that's why we turn to that thing. Cause you don't know how to deal with it. You know what I mean? When, when you're younger and it just seems so big and so scary. And then, right. And I, and I, I agree that people that end up being addicts are usually some of the most sensitive people in the world. And also the smartest, believe it or not. It's crazy. Uh, And creative. And creative. Uh, But there's so many people. That's become one of my missions is to try and help people with their anxiety. Because anxiety, quote unquote, I hate that word, but it's, it's a thing, man. People are so, there's so many people that are crushed by that. Like... And don't know how or to deal with. There's no alternative than trying to like medicate and numb yeah. yourself. Then the world that we live what's in. What's crazy is- with me is, is, yeah, I think it wasn't conscious for me. For me, like dope was like, I just like getting high. I like feeling that way. But what I didn't realize is I like to not feel. And so I, I realized that later. So it wasn't a conscious decision when I was getting loaded. I just like being high, man. Yeah. Right? And it, then I like not being sick. I'll <laughs> tell you, yeah, that, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I really like not being yeah. sick. So man. Eli, do you use, um, now currently, do you use like the, the power of like healing touch for those, for anxiety? Like like Reiki and stuff. Yeah. Or do you? Or yeah, any kind. <laughs> a gentle oh, touch on the shoulder. Anything. My cousin does Feldenkrais. You know what Feldenkrais is? No. No. No, I do oh, not. Oh, Oh man, that's School a whole it. another kind of therapy that is also all. I don't know. I couldn't explain it to you. I just know that it's like very slight, slow moving, um, physical therapy that is pretty, it's pretty crazy. Like what, just what you said about just a healing touch or a hand on the shoulder or something like that. That's just reminding me of that. But yeah, I love Reiki. I love, um, I mean, I love massage. I love I love all of that. I'm I'm into everything. I'm into everything in that world. So talking about but, speaking of into everything. So like, it's a huge departure from your stuff before you got clean till after. And like, you know, one of the things that really drew me to Grand Tapestry was the fact that you guys are actually those guys are actually playing the instruments while you're while you're rapping. And I just yeah. was like, holy shit, that's not samples and loops behind this guy. Like that's a, that guy's playing the Sarad and the Tablas and that's happening. How, what led you to, to Eastern stuff to, to even well, be interested there? Let me just start by telling you guys, it's called a Sarod. Oh, okay. And if I have to be stick up for my man, Alam, cause he would be, he would be correcting you guys right off the bat. So I got it. It's all good. I yeah. Being corrected at all. I want to know what is, yeah. what it is for real. Yeah. Cause it is badass. It's it's definitely the road. And let me just say that these two guys, they're not just, Oh yeah, they're good. They, they're good. No, oh, they no. are masters at what they do. You can and hear it. I am, uh, I'll just start with how I met. Alam, okay. who Alam came to a release album release party of mine. Ah, God, 
God, I don't know when that was like eight years ago, seven years ago, maybe, I don't know, six, seven years ago. I had, I put out an album and he came to the release party. He's been a fan of my music since, you know, some of my old stuff, since he was the same age as me, like younger than, you know, since he was a youngster, he's been listening to my stuff. And, and so he came to the show and he told me who he was and the instrument he plays. And, I immediately was interested. I was like, ooh. I was, and he was like, dude, we should make a song. I'm like, hell yeah. Like, whenever you want to do that, let's do that. Because I've always been about uh, experimenting, mixing genres, creating just things that haven't been done. Like, yeah. as far as I can, you know, trying to create things that haven't been created. So I was immediately interested. And then I kind of looked him up and I realized that his father was is a huge deal. I mean, the man is basically a saint in India. Like, he, you know, there's a school that his father founded in San Francisco, and Alan tells me, like, he was, you know, he's credited with bringing classical Indian music to the United States. Like, his father is the real was the real deal and left a huge legacy behind for Alan to, man, to, to keep up. So, um, I looked Alam up and I was like, man, this guy is the real deal and he's doing his thing. And, and so when we did get, we hooked up in LA, we actually hooked up at Salar's house who plays Tabla. And that was the first time I met him. And we all sat down and they had a basic theme idea of what they wanted to, um, create. And they really wanted to do a, literally a classical Indian song, classical Indian music with me rapping over it. No, like hip hop drums. No, you know, like you said, no samples, just straight up them playing and me rapping. And I was like, yes. I was like, I'm so into that. So they wrote the music and then they sent it to me. Cause we couldn't just all do it in one day. Right. Sent it to me and I, and I wrote, and I wrote to it and we made the song and we made, we actually made a video for it. And we're like, cool. And like, wait a minute. I think we need to do more than this. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> this do. Is not enough. We did the one song and we got a crazy response and the response was from such a wide range of ages and generations. That was really cool. Like my mom, you know, she's in her seventies. She's in love with this. Like she, Aww. she's like oh, over the top in love with it. Like, Didn't you do an album with your mom? I did. I do have an album with my mom. That's that I so fucking cool, man. <laughs> and she's a folk singer and she, you know, she inspired me since I was a kid. And, and that moment in time happened and it was meant to be. And my mom will never forget it. She still has fans of mine that reach out to her on Facebook and they're just like, they're, they love that album. And it was so, it was a great experience. And I got to take her on tour. Um, oh man. For, you know, so it was cool, and I'm so happy and grateful I was able to do that because not many people can say that they were able to do something like that. No, so my mom, that's awesome. She's always been a supporter of what I do, always. And but when it came to Grand Tapestry, she just went bananas over it. She's just like, she's in love with it. She's in love with Alam and Solar. She goes to their concerts in the Bay. My mom lives in the Bay Area. I live in LA. My mom goes to their concerts when they, that they have at um, uh, Alam School because they have concerts there all the time, and they just did one with them too, like a classical concert. And my mom's there; she loves it. She loves that music now. Wow! So, 
so yeah, so it, it just touched so many ranges of people that I'm that we were all like, dude, I think we need to do more. I think we need to make maybe we need to make an album and and so that's kind of where it started. It started with one song. What which song did it start with? Started with Atma, the first oh. song. Oh yeah. That was the first song. So from there, you know, Alam is Alam is a creative wizard. He's a, he's a genius. I, I don't like to use the word genius often, but he is a genius. Like he'll send me during the process, he would send me little riffs, like little loops of stuff that he put played with his Sarod and kind of made some layers. And he's like, I don't know if I like this, but I'm just sending your way. See if you're digging it. But I was going to, you know, make, if you don't like it, I'll send you something else. I'm like, dude, this is crazy. Like you would send me something. I'm like, this is amazing. And I would write a whole song to it and send it back. And he's like, Oh man, that's crazy. But, so Alam wrote a lot of this, the music, but then I I contributed um, on a few songs production wise as well. And though the ones that I contributed to, you probably would be able to pick out more because they're more hip hop influence. Like there's a couple that are beat driven that I like. Champion, I produced that one, which I love. That's, and, a, that's like an anthem. Oh, yeah, oh I love gosh. that song too. And. You know, so there's some and songs lifetimes. in there. That- Lifetimes, oh, life. I sent life. So when, stop. yeah, so like when I first found out about you guys and and I started listening, like I'm at work one day and I'm listening to the album. I'm like sitting in my little cubicle doing my thing and listening, and then Lifetimes comes on and it's like coming to the time where it's it's Mel's and I's twentieth anniversary, and oh. I just sent it to her and like, boom, take that. <laughs> and then yeah. I took that bomb and was blown away and was like, holy shit, what did he send me? Because I hadn't heard yeah. of you guys before. So I was like, wow, I need to know what this is. And then, so I started listening to your stuff again in a very like poignant time in our life, you know, spending 20 years with somebody's no uh, small endeavor. And so it yeah. makes you reflective and then so to hear a song like that with those lyrics and, you know, I am also a huge fan of classical Indian music and yeah. I just, you know, I could listen to that all day long and it just puts you on this like spiritual level, like where your head's about to explode and then you go in there with the lyrics. It's like a one-two punch and, but like with soft, cute boxing gloves that make you feel good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like yeah. it's really healing, man. And yeah. like that song, I want to hear about what what came up with that song with you. Dude, that song is probably one of my. It's definitely one of my favorites on there, and that is one of the moments where I was just telling you, Alam sent me that instrumental. It wasn't a you know it wasn't the final final that you heard like we replayed everything, but he sent me the sketch of that song. Right, and he's like, I did this. He he, he did it with his brother. He wrote it with his brother. And he sent it to me and it made me tear up like immediately. I'm like, Oh my God, this is beautiful right here. <laughs> and I didn't even, I didn't even email him back. I took it off the computer. I went downstairs in my studio. I started writing. I started writing about what then was relatively beginning of my relationship, which I am now, I just got married five months ago. Oh, congratulations, brother. Congratulations, man. Thank you. Thank you. So that song was kind of projecting um, of our uh, about our relationship into the future a little bit, but kind of just knowing that she was it for me, and just you know, it's all about her. I mean, I just was 
started off from, you know, in the, be- in the beginning of the song, just saying, I love waking up, you know, coffee in my cup, seeing you, you know, blah, blah, blah. I just literally just, it was a simple, I tried to make it as simple as possible because the music was so pretty. Mm-hmm. That I was just like, man. And I, you know, I just don't discriminate. I, if something's beautiful to me, I don't care what genre it is. Like, I'm just like, that is gorgeous. And in my mind, like I have such a grand vision for grand tapestry in, in the end, having it, imagine a full orchestra there oh, yeah. with accompanying us with this road, with cellos, like that seven cello cellos. too on the, Oh my, on that track. Oh, I, like, yeah. oh, you it, know, I'm not a fan of very many things to be honest. No. You know, I've never really put that label on myself, but I'm doing it right now. I'm a huge <laughs> fan. And my girl's geeking out, man. That's cool. I am. I'm starting <laughs> to geek out, dude. Like, as I talk to you, I have much respect, like mad respect for what you're Thank doing you. and these connections that you've made with these, you know, like you said, like creative wizards. And then they've hooked up with the lyrical wizard. And I, we were at a concert the other night and I was talking about like, how awesome it is how you've got one piece of the puzzle and then they've got the musical component of the puzzle and then you add these two puzzle pieces together that provides this like amazing landscape of wonder and like you said healing and magic and i'm i am i'm blown away by what you're doing like it's you know it's it's, it's the, the what your love clearly um, is showing in your music and that's what's kind of I feel like he sending out that healing vibe you know it's funny too because with that song lifetimes like you know you said you just wanted to keep it simple you know and just state sort of simply how you were feeling at the time and it, it makes me think about like it as you're waking up and, and you're you know as you become more aware of, of the spiritual world around you and as you start to move in that and kind of move in your own power and, and, and find your space and doing your thing, the universe kind of reaches out and will, and will speak to you. And and it's in through that song, it was one of those moments that like, uh, I felt like the universe was talking to me like through like you were, you were a conduit that just sent this message to me that I needed to give to my girl, mm. you know? And, uh, That's, yeah. It makes me very happy. It makes me very happy because honestly, um, I had, like I said, like the grand vision for this project, all of us, me and all, all three of us, Alam Salar and I, once we finished the album, we had this, huge expectations, man. We, we actually had to break ourselves down because we were like Grammys and world tour world. Oh, we're going to touch the world. It's going to, ah, <laughs> we were just going crazy. Right. And then, then we would, me and Alam and I were just, we're just so much heady people. We overthink shit we're just to the extreme. <laughs> and so we got to a point where we're like, Hey man, we need to stop. This is just stop it. Let's go back down to earth here and just roll with whatever comes. It, it could be very slow. This might be a very slow build. We're going to start off with just us three performing this with a laptop. And eventually, you know, it'll, it, to me, I still believe it'll be the orchestra pit 
it'll be uh, 3D visuals, it will be dancing, it will be a lot of shit happening on the set, on the show. It'll be a sit-down performance that makes you cry. Like, I, that's what I, like. I can when see it. I could see. Sandy. I could see oh. that in my mind's eye, man. I know, man. I can't I, wait. It's, gonna, it, it's there. It's, it's there. But so, right, Eli, it's like, does yeah. that, is there any, like, you know, you guys touring or doing anything like that yeah. at all? So, so what we've done so far is uh, we put the album out last year, and the first tour that came up was my boy Grouch, who I've been working with. The Grouch, who has been working with, he's like a brother of mine, and we've been creating together for year, for twenty years. He has his annual Christmas tour he does that I've been on every year for the last nine years, and and this tour was going to be bigger because we were going to do a crew reunion, Living Legends reunion tour on the Grouch Stoke Christmas tour and and I said and he hit me up he's like man are you down to do this and I'm like you know what I'll be down to do it if we get Grand Tapestry can open because I was like I can't just go on tour and not express and show this new music even though it's going to be a purely hip-hop crowd that we're going to be in front of I know that I've been grooming these kids for years they're going to be open and so that was the first experience we had we went on a underground hip-hop tour and we opened the night every uh you know for quite a bit of dates and these kids man it was such an experience i was so nervous i was like like a kid on stage anxious and just like what's gonna happen i have no idea because it's totally different performing this music than what i'm used to i'm used to jumping around put your hands up getting in your face big banging beats like people are just like bobbing their heads jump this is totally you guys know this is totally different than that right so i didn't know what i was gonna do on stage i'm like what am i gonna do like what do i do with my hands <laughs> what do i do and, you know i can't it's like I, what i figured out is like i can't help but move around it's, that's i can't stand still it's just not me i'm gonna move around the energy's gotta move and these kids were so like their faces were just like Mouths open, like what the hell? What is this? What are we seeing? Like, so like I said, the one-two punch. Yeah. So like, and so they were so quiet during a lot of the songs, but then when the song ended, it was like ah, like they're going like what? What is this? So it was a very good experience for us. We only did like thirty-minute sets on that trip, so it wasn't like a full set. And since then, we've had man, I can count them on my hands. We've had one, two, three, four, like four or five shows of full sets, like hour long sets, hour and some change sets. And, and a couple of them we threw ourselves. So there were people that wanted to see us came and they were very fun and very exciting. And we're still figuring the shit out as we go though. Cause we're like, all right, there's too much pause here. Uh, this song is way too slow. We need to pick up the pace. We, you know, we're trying to figure this stuff out, man. So there's so, going to be more Grand Tapestry, though, right? Like, we're going to get another album, and that's all oh, going to happen, yeah? Alam and I are already, like, talking about what we want to do next. And um, you guys, my wife is calling me. Can I? Can you hold on one second? Absolutely. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Do your <laughs> hold thing. on one second. Yeah. yeah. Oh, never mind. She hung up already. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, wife comes man, first, I man. Interview be damned. I would want my man to hang up his podcast for my call. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna text her and tell her I'm doing a, a interview on a podcast and I'll hit her back. But so hold on one second. Yeah, while while you're texting, don't leave her hanging. Don't leave her hanging. I'm gonna I tell you something while you're while you're texting that that Maybe I thought he of. He's quiet. 
All right. Do you need? No, you're good. Yeah. You can talk. <laughs> Damn, I just got put in check. Um, I was watching one of your videos uh, the other day from a live performance that you guys did, and yeah. the shot was like kind of from the side on the stage, and you could see you guys, and then I could see out into the crowd. I could see kind of your view from the stage, sort of. And it was yeah. it was a pretty large crowd in this place that you're playing. And I noticed something tripped out to me, you know, somebody that's new to the underground hip hop thing and, and what you guys do is so different from anything else. So I'm like, I'm always interested in what the crowd is doing while the band is playing, because I know what happens at the yeah. shows we go to. We close our eyes and dance our asses off and then the show ends and you're drenched in sweat and you go home and pass out. But like, yeah. I wanted to see what was going on. So I see these kids, man. There was this one girl in the front row, like singing every lyric with you, like yeah. right back to you. And like <laughs> these people were dancing. It looked like a jam band show to me. Yeah. I was like, holy yeah. shit. These kids are, are like feeling the energy of this music in a, in a different way than, than I'm sure they're used to. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Do you remember what? Do you remember what show it was? Damn, no, no, I don't. I don't. I'm curious. I'm curious to know. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what. After um, after we're done, I'll find it and I'll text it to you. I'll I'll send you a link to it. Okay. But yeah, it blew I, my mind. Yeah. Yeah, it's a totally different reaction than anything I've ever done. And then the most recent show we did, two shows we did, one was in... Chicago, one was in Minneapolis. Number one, I don't get to go to the East Coast that much. I just don't. So to do it with Grand Tapestry was extra exciting. And this was our first world music festival that we were involved in. So the show we did in Chicago, we were opening, quote unquote opening. We, we had an hour and some change set. So it wasn't really opening. We were paired. But the guy that we played before is just world-renowned African musician who's just freaking amazing. Um, Salif Keita. I, I'm not going to say his name wrong, but Salif Keita is his name. I'd never heard of him, but he's been around since the 60s. Like, he's an OG, and his music is amazing, and it's just great. So we, we opened for this guy. So it was like some, you know, African music that came after us. We were paired up with them, and I was so nervous, guys. Like, this was the first world music show I was involved in. You know, Alam and Salar are more used to these kind of crowds than I am. It was totally mixed up, which made me so happy. It was a lot of black folks in the crowd, a lot of Asian people, Indian people. It was it was really cool. Like, so we get up there. You know, I remember like going in the into Atma, the first song. I was my pitch was off. I was doing some weird pitch because I was nervous. I'm like, and then I just had to calm myself down. I'm like, all right, dude, just go like time to just flow and stop thinking at all. And then, you know, I noticed from that, there was this one woman like leaning on the railing to the left and she was an older woman. She had a head wrap on older black woman. She, she must've been in her late 60s, 70s. Even she was wow. obviously there to see Salif. She was, you know, kind of looking past us waiting and I and I saw her, and I just kind of glanced away. I didn't want to look at that. I just got into the groove with them. Three songs later, I kind of wandered, look over to the left while we're in the middle of the song, and there she is. She is paying full attention, moving, smiling, and that's what the room did. They just and the, what I've noted about the noticed about the world music crowd most of all is how open and willing they are just to hear what we're doing. Like, and 
you know, I'm used to hip hop crowds where if they don't know you, like some people just mad dog you, just stare at you. I've been, flipped, you know, or even like just flip you off for no reason. Like here, I'm just gonna put this finger up while you're rapping, and and you just enjoy this while I do this. Yeah, I hope, like, this, I hope this doesn't throw you off. Yeah. yeah, I hope this doesn't throw you off or make you feel bad or anything. I'm just gonna do this because I don't want to see you. I want to see who's coming up next, and they just don't want to hear it. But that's you know that's rare. That's I, it's, I'm picking things out. But right. what I'm saying is this crowd was just like, just like whoa, what is this? And they were just down with listening. So and in that show in particular, off, I'm sorry. When you guys get off stage, how are you feeling after that? The three of you as a collective group. <laughs> Uh, we we felt good about what we've been doing so far. I mean, all of us are minorly perfectionists, so we always go to the thing, ah, oh, I fucked up here, or damn, we need to do this better, or, <laughs> you know, that always happens, but I like to, I, I always say, man, that was great, guys, good shit. Like, go floating we, off the stage, like, three feet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just such a perfectionist, it's, it's a gift and a curse, like, I'm just always, like, picking apart stuff, and and sometimes, uh, but at that show, like I literally, they, there was a whole part where they just did a full classical section where they just improv, improv improvisation is a big part of classical Indian concerts, you know? So they did their thing and, and I just watched like the crowd watches and I'm just like, I am performing with masters right now. I just, I just put my head down. I was into it, what they were doing. And when they stopped, I had to snap myself out of it. Like, Oh, Hey, I need to go back and do some stuff now. Time for for me to do my thing. Yeah. It's kind of, it's been a journey, man. We're still figuring, getting our sea legs, grand, grand tapestry sea legs. We're trying to figure out the best show and presentation and flow. So it's a work in progress, man. And we haven't even attempted to add another instrument yet. So that's just, you know, and that's been a part of the vision as far as I'm concerned. I'm like, we're starting small. We're starting three of us in a laptop. And then we're going to eventually, we're going to add a cello. Then we're going to add another cello. Then we're going to second to road. Then we're going to get rid of the laptop. Then we're going to, you know what I mean? But it's one step at a time, dude, because all of us have solo careers too. So like Solar is like, Solar is a world traveling dude. That guy travels more than anyone I know. It's quite amazing. It's mind boggling. I couldn't even keep up with him. <laughs> like he is Afghanistan and back here in India. And then he's in, you know, he's literally all over the place. I'm like, he's a superhero. I'm like, you're amazing. I, I want to be like you when I grow up. <laughs> um, and he's all over the world playing tabla, and Alam just had a baby boy, so you know Aww, that's... congratulations, that's, uh, Alam. Yeah, yeah, Alam's got a, a new baby boy, so that's a, that's a big deal. Yeah, it so, is. Yeah, it is. He's got um, somebody to pass that lineage on to. Exactly. So, you know, and, and I'm... And I just finished a solo album that I'm about to master and I'm really excited about it because I produced everything and it's just one of those super like um personal projects that I'm I'm getting ready to launch. So what's the title of know, that? What's the title of that album? That album's gonna be called Last House on the Block. How'd you come and up with that? Oh uh, that's that's definitely a recovery based thing. That you'll hear that in um <clears throat> in NA meetings. You come in, <clears throat> you've reached the last house on the block. You know? Oh, I got and you. It's like you're here. Like there's nowhere left to go except, you know, what they say is jails, institutions, and death, which right. turns out to be the truth for a lot of addicts. So last house on the block is sort of a metaphor 
metaphor, uh, a recovery metaphor, but also much more like um, that I speak of on that album. But I'm really excited about that one. But Grand Tapestry, like I'm about to start recording a song that we came up with rehearsing like uh alum came up with this melody and we because we, we bang out beats live on stage which is also a fun <laughs> part of the show i've never done that so like i take uh salar brings this drum machine and i get on the drum machine and salar's playing tabla or whatever he feels like playing and and alum's playing sarod and we're like freestyling beats and it's super fun so during one of those beats, we came up with a, a, a melody that we really liked. So Alan played it on on his computer, recorded it real quick, sent it to me, and now it's in my court. So, you know, we're already starting to start some new songs. So maybe 2018, we'll get some new Grand Tapestry. I really hope so. Yeah, I do too, man. I, I, I'll tell you, it it's a, it's a thing that, like, it, you go through the the collection of what you guys have. And then I found myself like, okay, where's the rest? (laughs) I want more of this man, but yeah, it's, it's worth waiting for. And and you said, you know, you said you find yourself on the stage with these masters. If you weren't a master yourself, man, you wouldn't be up there with them. So take that, you know? Yeah. Thank you for saying that. And it's uh, one of the things that I suffer from is not being able to, pat myself on the back enough or say yeah i have something for you um you know you come from the hip-hop scene and if somebody was dope that night you're not going to give them their props oh i give them their props for sure right so what about eli doing his thing give him his props i know (laughs) i know right like exactly right because if you don't give him his props then he goes home and it's like man well that was messed up i did my all and i didn't get my props like Hook yourself up. And you know what? That's one of the things the woman told me tonight that really scared me is she brought up my heart, literally my heart. She was like, I feel you need to take care of your heart and that you should, you, it's, she's like, don't worry. It's nothing bad is going to happen. This is early. And we, we just need to take care of your heart. You need supplements for your heart and you need to Get out, stop beating yourself, running yourself into the ground, basically, is what she's telling me. And Self love, mostly, dude. yeah, it's about it's just being in that headspace, like get out of your head and into your heart space. That's my whole mantra for, for the last year and a half is getting out of my head and being in the heart space and really being, being able to play and be childlike in that way and not be so damn serious and like. You know, not patting myself on the back, not just, it's like being on stage, for instance, and dancing and playing as much as those people that I'm, that I'm performing for are smiling, laughing and dancing. I want to do the same thing. I don't want to be. It's a, it's a reciprocal thing, man. It's reciprocal. It, there's no, there's not a wall between the stage and the audience. You know, that, that, that space is open for a reason and it's not just so that they can hear you. It's so that you can, guys can become one. Interaction. Yeah. And it's that whole, like you said, it's be fearless and play, get up there and do your thing. And they're doing it with you. And then all of a sudden we're doing it together. And now the world's changing. We're changing right. the that's, energy on the planet, you know? And, that's the and goal, man. Yeah. It's, goal a, I mean, me. it might sound cliche, but I, I don't care. Like it, music has saved my life a thousand times, 
You know what I mean? Every day. It saves my life. And to be able to be there with those guys that make the music that I listen to is like a special occasion always, right? Like when you're going to go see a show, you're fucking, you're pumped. You're pumped to go see your bands that you dig, you know? And then you get in there and you guys start doing that thing together. I don't think there's a higher magic than that. If you think about like indigenous people, when they would get together around the fire, what would they do? They would make beats and they would dance and sing together and they would bring the rain and they would bring the crops and they would, whatever their thing was. And it was a whole deal. It's not any different now, just because we have live in a concrete jungle and you know, we drive cars. It doesn't make any difference. The magic is still alive, man. And, and you're a shaman brother. You're up there, you know, conducting the orchestra of the energy of the world and changing things that, you know, the times that we live in, you could choose perspectively to say that we live in dark times if you want, but I choose to see it differently. I think we live in the most beautiful time ever because we can share music. We're, we're all touched with different genres and, and world music and hip hop and jam bands and rock and this, and we've all like kind of come together into this big soup you know i think that's what grand tapestry kind of represents that thing and what we're doing right now reaching out like this to you you're sitting in your car we're sitting here (laughs) being able to interview you and get the vibe and be able to put this out for everybody to hear i mean it's amazing yeah and i mean right before the call like i was i always get a little worked up before we do these like I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous and whatever. And then, dude, the second I heard your voice, I was like, oh, this is going to go fucking great. <laughs> right on. Yeah. This guy's a homie. Yeah. So yeah. we're changing the world, man, but by just being ourselves. And that's yeah. the message, right? You know? Yes. I just want to go back to the beginning. I like to come full circle because you said you had went to that psychic and, and she made an impact. And she talked, she was about to tell you what was going on. So, so how did it end? What was, what was your message? What did you get from that? Oh, that I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to do. And that I, I really, it's the same message, man. It's about self care and it's about, it's about, dude, take it easy. Like take it down a notch, man. Yeah. That's you got to really, it's, it's about to. everything. Yeah. It's about everything. Like you just were talking about. It's about, it's, you got to enjoy life. You have to dance. You have to laugh. You can't, you, I have to be easier on myself because literally I'm so sensitive to everything. And I've had that chunk of life where I depleted myself with drugs and everything. Like <laughs> my heart needs me to take care of it. Like on Every level, not just literally the heart, but that space. And just, it's just leading me back to what I've been working on for the last year and a half, which is literally staying out of my head and staying in the heart space. And, and yeah, man, that's what it all, that's what it all boils down to. Eli, do you know Honestly, about hugs? Yeah. You mean like the specific hug style? Some yeah. Left, definitely, left, yes. Yeah. Yeah, people have hugged me that way, and I really I love it when people do that. No, hug me this way, yeah. heart to heart. <laughs> I'm glad like, you've, been, cool. you've been flash mobbed by the heart hug. It's a good I've thing. I've been flash mobbed by the heart hug, and I've I actually went through a whole phase where I was I told people online I'm like 
I'm going to come out after the show, and I don't want to shake your hand. I want It's hug time. Like, I need hugs <laughs> right now. Because I was, like, having a hard time, like, emotionally, and I was, I was just kind of in an anxious space. And I get on stage and just sweat, and then I'm, like, get off stage, and, like, I need a hug, dude. Yeah, man. Fuck, like, the power of hugging is so simple and so great. Profound, like, yeah. And I want to know that especially, the sense that's associated with the heart chakra is touch. Mm. That's what, coming back to the beginning, what I mentioned, that hug sensation, it's healing. Right, hugging I agree. your wife, your mom, your dad, whoever, that heart hug. Your homie, shit. Minutes that it takes to connect and, like, give each other a heart boost. That's incredible, and that will help you be better with yourself, man. You'll, it's, that's like right. giving yourself something, and it costs nothing but a few seconds. You could do that there was a couple shows. stage. What was that? There was, a couple, there was a couple shows that I did on that, that tour that I'm talking about where I was you know, telling people to bring the hugs, like, bring, come on, let's do this hugging. There was a show where I jumped off the stage with my wireless mic, and I got in the middle of the crowd in the front and I was like group hug and everybody oh, hugged shit. each other and it was so amazing I was like so giddy off of that I was like what yeah I just did that I was so sick <laughs> <laughs> Dang. so I, you're making me feel like I need to bring that back like, bring it because back bring that back yeah I want to go to that show great to, hugging family is great hugging like you know you're we're sending you're, you a heart hug right now all of us here man you know, I was I was saying last week, dude, we were on the show, like, if you think about the way things are right now, the way we live, like, we're all so isolated for the most part. Like, we live in these houses and, in, you know, it's a wife and a husband and their two kids and a dog or a couple of roommates yeah. or whatever. And, we, you know, we might say hi to the lady at Starbucks or, you know, to the people at work, but we're, we don't, you know, we're all just like so busy and doing our thing and rushing around and always in our heads. And then there's just this gulf between people. And when we, yeah. when we take that time, like the, just a couple of seconds to hug each other, like it's like charging the battery, man, like turning back on, like, okay, I'm hooked back in to that thing, whatever it is. Like that's, that's the rad thing. Like how we live, like it's me and my wife, that live here, my son, my nephew, my best friend. Mm -hmm. We all live in a big ass house up here in Portland all together. Like we That's got tired cool. of living. Yeah, we got tired of all living, you know, separate. <laughs> we were like, fuck, we love each other and we're family. We should all be together. You know, and yeah. it's it, just that connection with other people is so fucking important, man. It's it's a uh, especially for guys like you and me and and people that I have around me right now. Like when you're sensitive and you're open to stuff, you need people to have your back dude yeah and i you know it's everything is all about the energy exchange like what are, what else why am i do performing if i'm not like giving and receiving love period it sounds so corny to say not at all not like, that's beautiful I tell, I tell people that at the show i'm like what are we doing if we're not giving and receiving love if you're not doing that then what the fuck are you doing like that's there's nothing there's no other reason to be here than that give and receive love that's it's what it all boils down to so like the hug is just a physical 
um, expression of that. Yeah. So I'm like, you, you got me all motivated. I'm gonna start. Sweet. I'm gonna tweet after Sweet. you off the yeah. phone. Yeah. All right. So I'm bringing the bringing the hugs back, man. Bringing the heart <laughs> hug back. And yeah. Bring it to Portland if you can, man. I'd love to see a show over. I mean. Oh, we want to do Portland so bad. Yeah, great great crowds up yeah this you know, crowd up guys, here will love you to you death, guys have man. A place to come hang out, man. Honestly, like we will. We'll do the heart hug thing, group hug over here. <laughs> Got a big ass house in the hills, man. Come on up. <laughs> yeah, Portland. Port, I've been going to Portland since I was nineteen, doing shows, and it's one of my favorite places to go. It's one place where I've done I've done a solo tour, just me and and one other guy opening for me, and you know they were like, you know, small shows, and get where to at? Portland is the one. Every just West Coast mostly out to Colorado. No, blah, no, blah. no, no. Venue venues in Portland. Where have you played? Oh, here? oh. Ah, you don't I can't hall. remember. I can't remember. I can't remember the name of the hall. It's it, all I know is that people always show up for me in Portland, and it's yeah. always like, wow. I'm like, you guys came through here. Like, yeah, it was yeah. like yeah. a few hundred people come for me on my own. I'm feeling really good. Anyway, I love Portland. It's actually one place that I would consider moving rather than being in California. So well, you got, I definitely you got, am a you got fan. friends here now. So, Hey, you know, if you want to move, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we're dying to do a grand tapestry show out there. It's just, you know, we want to, we're waiting for the right little venue and just to make it all work. But so we'll be there. So bef- yeah. we'll definitely be before there. we wrap up, yeah. man, why don't you, why don't you uh, tell everybody that's listening where they can find you guys and what your, all your social media stuff is. We are, you know, we're on all the Grand Tapestries on all the, the social medias, <laughs> on all the sites, you, uh, on Instagram at Grand Tapestry and What about um, your Twitter. stuff, Eli? What what do you go by? Just Eli, E-L-I-G-H. Okay. That's, yeah, and, and I'm Eli on Twitter and Eli on Facebook and the real Eli on Instagram and, and all that good stuff. But, yeah. um... And we should be looking yeah, for man. this multimedia extravaganza that you guys are putting together. <laughs> man, that, you know, stamp it, dude. Like, eventually we're going to get there and it might take a grant, a, you know, a grant from somewhere to get the money together to do it. But, you know, one step at a time, you know what I mean? We're still yeah. figuring out the flow, the flow of our set. So we're digging you know, the flow. Oh, yeah, we're digging the we're flow. We're digging the flow. Yes. Thank you, guys. So. I, when when uh, when we post this, is it cool if I play some some of your some of your stuff as we go out? Please do. What do you Please want do. me to play, man? You call it. I think you gotta play. You gotta play Lifetime. Oh, man. Boom, See, there that's it is. What I said, Eli, before we even came yeah. to this, I said, you know what? Play Lifetime at the end. He's like, no, I'm gonna let Eli. Pick. <laughs> and now look, you picked it all by yourself. What? Same uh, way. Yep. Oh, I love it. That's another thing. Another thing we admire about about you and your boys, man, is you guys are like doing it on your own. You're not under a label. You guys like have full control. It seems like you're your own label, your own producers, everything. Right, which is a you know another blessing and curse because you know you can only do so much when when you have a team working for you. But you know, like I said, that's a part of the one step at a time thing. We might eventually find a place where we're like, yeah, these people are going to help us. And cause it's really about uh, spreading it, you know, getting it to a, a wider audience and more ears. And that's what I ultimately want. And well, you know, the money Eli, stuff that comes for you here, we'll help any way we can, uh, man. Oh man. I appreciate it, man. We need oh, yeah. all the help we can get. 
All right, brother. Well, I thank you for your time, man. This has been super fucking cool. I, I'm stoked that we met and got to talk. It's it's uh yeah, it's an I, honor, I brother. You. It really is in the presence of a master and a shaman. I love it. Oh, thank you, bro. Thank now you. Now we're, we're gonna go, healer, we're gonna go listen to you do your thing, probably on our patio. Yeah, we're gonna go outside and check you out some more. Sweet. All right, my friend. All right, my... You, you be well, dude. You be Much well, love, well. Eli. <laughs> Much love, Much man. Love. Heart you. hugs. Heart hugs. Much lo- heart hugs. <laughs> Much love, guys. Later, brother. Get back. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York. A podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. I love waking up next to you, my dove. Coffee in my cup, scents from up above. Big brown eyes in the morning, sunlight rise in the yawning. Crow's feet show my emotional ties, down to the soul, all truth, no lies. Stand on the roof, howl at the moon, spirits on the move, bride in the groom. Hear it in the mood, lovers in a lewd Sailing down the river on an inner tube Moonlit water in a Capricorn queen Sun and a daughter in a cosmic dream Earthbound beauty keeping me intrigued Sweet little lady, will you carry my seed? Have my babies in the long run Take care of me when the song's done 105, 106, I'll be in the mix Cause I'm a strong one, a strong one And when it's all through, can I call you? Can I fall through to the next lifespan? Cause in the next life, I'll still be the right man Hold out your right hand for lifetime Spend lifetime Spend lifetime Spend lifetime You're worth every second that I dedicate No need to regulate, medicate or demonstrate Overthink, evaluate, hesitate God body, you and I together make Puzzle pieces, growth, fill the space Hear the heart speak deep, inner grace In time, get us higher than the Everglades Oxygen in the lungs, Himalayas Take my breath with every step and in a sense It's a marathon, not a sprint Yes, I got much left that I haven't touched Haven't learned yet, haven't cleared the brush The onion peels back, tears cascade That's the life that one lives in in these last days, but you're my partner in crime in this cash pays. Spiritual dividends as the mask fades. You make me proud to be me, so I honor you with all the love I can muster till the end of it. I want to tell you about the April-May 2023 issue of Relics Magazine. Features a Dave Matthews Band cover story with additional articles and interviews with The National, Graham Nash, Wayne Shorter, ALO, Ivan Neville, our friend Eric Krasno and Stanton Moore, Marty Stewart, and much more. Check out the latest version of Relics and subscribe now at relics.com slash DMB. Thanks, Relics. 
Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com.